She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. That's, that's a real tall uh, You know, we try to be good. Good Christian, good mother, good father, good brother, sister. Good friend, good co-worker. Boy, just just simple Bible verse alone is so challenging. That she would bring him good, not harm, but all the days of her life. But what if we did that? What if we did that? What would happen if we can truly, truly live like that? I just want to share with the same slide that I shared with you about a month or so ago. And it's really about what if. And what it is, is uh, if you had a a motto or you had a, a purpose in your life, whether it's business, whether it's a leader in the community, in the church, that reads, your business is my life. Screen? <laughs> yes. Your business is our life. So if I go to you and you come to our church and I say, I go to you as a pastor that says, your business, what you do is my life. I'm going to do everything for your needs. Or you go to a, a business and trying to write, sign up a contract, you sign the contract and said. Your contract, or our contract, this contract is my life for you. Now, when you do that, you can truly, truly really do your business very well. And, and I believe in that, and most of the company really try to do that. But Proverbs 31 is teaching us something even beyond that. That's just any secular Good, sound business people, co-workers would do that. We as Christians, what God is teaching us, even more, far greater than that. Because everything that God teaches is just under the umbrella of two, uh, two loves. One is to love your God with all your hearts and all your souls, all your strength. Second thing is to love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two commands that God has summarized of all his rules and regulations and prophets and everything. That's what he said. It's, it's, it's repeatedly said in the Bible. Not once, not twice, not three times. Everything you do, any decision you make, any purpose you come up with has to be encompass those two love commands. So if you look at this particular verse, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. How do you do that? If, my, uh, if your business is, is my life, and if should something go wrong, it's easy to forego, easy to despise the particular person or the contract and walk away. But what the Bible is teaching is different. Under that the love command, what God is teaching us is to do this. Your life 
is our business. It's not about the contract. It's not about that, you know, I'll do this, you pay me $1,000. It's not about that. It's about that person's life is where we should be interested in. If you're talking about we as a Christian going into the business and want to live out the God's way and perhaps become uh, so-called the marketplace missionary, this is the difference between a regular worker versus a Christian missionary, marketplace missionary people who will go out there and work. There are, it looks about the same, but the fundamentally, they're dramatically, drastically different. In the business world, if you're trying to, uh, you know, in the beginning, you're all like great friends, co-workers in the internship. There's no competition among you. You know, all trying to learn how to do, whether IT or accounting and architectural work, and you work, you share, you go to lunch together, you do a lot of things together. You go to kids' birthdays together and so forth. Five years goes by, seven years goes by. Hmm. Time for a promotion. I need more money for my kids. What do they do in typical business world? That all of a sudden, that three or five interns, they begin to compete. They forgot that they were really solid friends for the last five, seven years. They begin to compete. They begin to step on the other person's shoulder or the head. They're trying to get credit from that person to to himself or herself to be recognized by the boss, saying, I did this. I did this. Yeah, he had a little bit of input, but I did this. And begin to change. Why? Because you're more interested in the business. You're more interested in the promotion. You're more interested in the money. But the difference is that when your interest is that person's life, Things are very different. Can you imagine you have these interns working together after seven to ten years later, and then you help instead because your life is our business, that your life is my business, so you help your intern friends. I want you to, to do well. You go to boss, now I was working on this, but... This guy, a friend of mine here, this intern, really gave me the idea. We worked together, so all the credit should go to this guy. You help him to be recognized. You help him to, let's say, go be selected or be promoted. You may say, well, I just lost that of my promotion. But the difference is that God is not going to leave you alone. God will find favor in you. He's going to take with you in that place or some, some, some other places. That's what happens to Ruth. Ruth was also, there's one other woman in the Bible that was called as woman of noble character. This particular verse, verse number 10, a wife of noble character, who can find? It's very difficult to find. Ruth was also called as a woman of noble character. The reason why she was called as woman of a noble character. When Boaz looked at her, she was obedient. She didn't care about when her husband died. 
and then she needed to be married, say, wanted to get married again. That's the idea. And there was a lot of young men out there. And Boaz was much older. And most of the time, what do we do? In our business, we look for the best contract. We look for the best profit, regardless of what the situation was. But Ruth saw beyond that. She looked life. She looked, she was simply being obedient to her mother-in-law. And she has a nickname among all these young people, all the community people, that she is a woman of noble character. So Boaz picks her as his wife. And through Ruth, baby Jesus was born. God found favor in Ruth when you become such. So that's what it takes. That's what it takes to, to become, to become in a God's people, to live a life, whether in the business, whether in the community, in whatever it is, that to, so that you can go and to say to the others, your life, your life is my business, is our life business. I want to share it with you, and you, I know you advanced a little bit. Can you go back to the slide number three? As a number in it. Now, this is something that I also shared with you last time. And um, <clears throat> if we can live with that phrase that says, your life is our business, think about what if, to think about the impact that we can make in the society. Now, this is in the case of South Korea. 25,000 represents, that's how many South Koreans have sent the missionary to the third world countries. We have sent 130,000 missionaries are now actively engaged in the missionary throughout the world. The ratio is about the same. The U.S. has about six times or seven times more population than South Korea. So you multiply that uh, 25,000 by uh, six uh, or seven, that's about 130,000. It's about the same ratio. 60,000 represents, South Korea has 60,000 churches. We have, do you know how many churches we have in in, in the Protestant church in the United States? 300,000. You multiply six by about seven, it's about the same. The ratio is all about, we have 300,000 churches in America. If each church will produce someone who is committed to say, your life it's my business. Your life is our business. If you're willing to live with that notion, if 10 people from each church will step forward, that would be 600,000 people. And you do that for the next 10 years, you end up having 6 million people. When this number was discussed, every church that I went to is saying it's doable. Don't know about 6 million, but we can produce the average. 10, our church, Sarang Church, has 80,000. They say it's easy for us to produce 10,000 people who will be committed to the community, to the workplace. We just need to teach them how to do this. Go from your business is my life to your life is my life business. Make them commit to that. That's a six million. 
If we do the same thing in the United States, six million times seven, that's 42 million people who can go and commit in the society, that we will no longer be influenced by political correctness, that we will be bold enough to be able to pray when necessary, to be on our knees, that we will be bold enough when somebody is trying to remove Ten Commandments from our courtrooms, courthouses, says, no, this stays here. Right now, most of our Christians are very silent. We gave in to the politically correctness. We need to challenge those things. 27,000 people, 130,000 people who are in the third world countries cannot do that. Yes, they are making significant impact on the third world countries. But we have abandoned our own backyard. We need to get back into our backyard. And that's what that represents. I um, brought this thing with me today, not today, I mean to this podium, because I was walking in at 11 o'clock, and um, just 10 minutes prior to that, I got a text message from Sarang Church. Sarang Church is the church that Ben and Linda, we went um, a couple months ago, a month or so ago, where they have 80,000, they have uh, 10,000. 12,000 people show up in 4.30 morning service. This is a newsletter that was released by Sarang Church from the perspective of their young adults group. They have 2,500 young adults normally gather. And it was a newsletter issued to the church by Sarang Church Mission Support Group. So they have separate support groups that are getting together, helping to, to raise the fund and to raise and teach the potential, the missionaries who are willing to go to the third world countries. And this thing says, it's really long, but I'm just going to summarize a few things. I'm trying to translate what I'm uh, reading. They've been doing this for about four or five years. And each summer and each spring, uh, winter, they send about 200 young adults to short-term missions to third world countries. And every year they produce only five long-term missions to the third world countries. They include Africa, India, Indonesia, Nepal, China, and some other uh, Eastern European countries. And they are so excited about that. And it goes on and goes on and say, and now we want to be able to teach and train young adults and not only young adults, but entire church to produce tens of thousands marketplace leaders, as was recommended and suggested by Pastor Timas. They are committed. It's an official announcement, which was spoken to me, but now it's a newsletter is being released into that church. And our hope is that this will happen and should happen. And we as America, we should be doing the 
same thing. What we have done in the past was simply we took all these God-loving people from marketplace. We sent them, you come out, you don't belong there. You are God-loving person, get over here. Go to seminary and go to church and, and become a pastor and then go to the missionaries. Yeah, but all, we only produce 25,000 Koreans. We are United States, we produce 130. That's not enough to impact the motherland. It's not enough to impact our backyard. So this is what we're going to be doing. Next slide would say there are two ways in which we can produce six million people. We can, they can all go to seminary. But those who want to go to seminary, we come up with a certificate program. And they will go to certificate room. They take a five courses to get a certificate, program, certificate that's recognized by the state. We have a seminary. Any seminary can do this. And the P31 concept of doing business. Your life is my business with that kind of attitude. And join up with the local church churches and produce what we call marketplace missionary certificate. And then church can anoint them or ordain them and send them back to their workplaces. And go from your business is my life to your life is my business kind of attitude. Now, obviously, not all six million people can go to seminary. They don't need to. And we'll have a P31 concept and join up with the local churches of their own program, teach them for a day or two solid program, and produce just doing business biblically. Just doing work biblically, called the certificate. And the church then, they'll anoint them. They will ordain them. They will appoint them and send out to the marketplace to make an impact. And the pilot program has been almost established. Go to the next slide. Right now, Biblical Theological Seminary has been approved. They are so excited about this. They are so excited about this because now we have an opportunity to really to transform our society if we can do this. Yes, the pilot program is going to be in physically from South Korea, but with the American seminary getting involved, it will come to the United States. We want to have not only biblical theological seminary, any seminary in the United States can begin to incorporate this. CBMC is a Christian Businessmen's Committee. They have agreed to join in. They wanted to join in because Sarang Church is a Presbyterian church. But the members of a CBMC, they have a Methodist, they have Episcopal, they have all kinds of Protestant members are in that CBMC. They want to join in together to produce however number of people that will sign up to move on this. And the local church, which in this case will be Sarang Church, that, have, that will produce this uh, pilot program. And once it's done, they want to send it out to the whole world, whole, whole entire South Korea, and they begin to produce this many people. 
just committed to doing business differently, to say, your life, your life is my business. I'm more interested. I'm interested in your, not your membership. I'm interested in your life is uh, the, the new the concept. That's not so much the concept. It actually comes from two love commands. How does this come from? Where does it come from? It comes from, uh, at least for me, it comes from Proverbs 31. When I was in the hospital reading the entire Bible from beginning to the end three times, when it came to uh, Proverbs 31, I was just so struck about the wisdom that's in Proverbs 31. It talks about how we need to have a purpose in order to succeed in life. Without a purpose, it's not, we cannot do what we're just talking about. It talks about how to, how to manage. Can you go to the next slide? It talks about the whole entire guiding principle, guiding Christian principle beyond as to how we are to do. It talks about, yes, mission statement, the purpose statement. You must have the godly purpose mission statement in order for you to do that. Not only does your business, but you have to have your personal mission statement. Have you been ever asked, asked what's your personal mission statement? If you say, oh, I'm not so sure. I haven't really thought about it. That's probably one of the reasons why you're maybe not quite where you want to be. The philosophy behind it, the core values that gives that competitive edge, the driving force, and even the management. Management, how to manage people, how to manage and operate companies. All the wisdom, it's in this. Now you may say, well, it's just the wisdom. No, it's not just wisdom. What we've been talking about last whole entire year the wisdom in Proverbs is not just nice, street smart saying. We said this is the essence of Jesus. In fact, wisdom is a person. The Holy Spirit is Jesus himself. It's a, you know, we talk, the Bible talks about woman of a noble character or wife of a noble character, but it really symbolizes how Jesus would do, the essence of Jesus in each case. And that's what we need to understand. That's the huge difference. In the chapter uh, 3 of Proverbs says, I, comma, wisdom, comma, dwells in us. It's a person. It's not, hey, nice saying, nice slogan. It's not that. It is, we as Christians, when we read Proverbs, we must understand this is Jesus' talk. So in this chapter uh, 31, it just talks about where we need to focus, how we need to work, what kind of ethic, what we must fear, what time we need to get up in the morning, what time, how late we need to work, how much money we should be making, and what to do with the money, and what purpose we should have. These are all founded in Proverbs 31. And God is just amazing, God, just as we sang about him just now. That's why the reason that our company mission statement, design mission statement, is we exist to help those that are need. It comes from Proverbs 31. To me, there is no difference between the church and the company because the purpose to me is the same. So if you look at the Proverbs 31, 
Verse 10 says, A wife of a noble character who can find. Just another way of saying it's so difficult, it's so rare to find a wife of a noble character, woman of a noble character. The quality, the essence, someone with the essence and quality of Jesus is hard to find. But you can. Because that's what we are striving to become. That's why we do what we do. And C is worth far more than rubies. Far more than rubies. In this case, you have to understand two ways. She, the pronoun she, refers to this woman of noble character refers to this wife of a noble character, but you must also understand this she is also the wisdom. Wisdom is who? It's Jesus Christ himself. How do you find that? If you look at the Proverbs 3, 13, this is what it says. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom the man who gains understanding. So you understand that, right? A man or a woman who understands, who finds wisdom, is blessed. For she, who is she? The wisdom is more profitable than silver. That's why I love this you know, slogan that I use. And, you know, it's my plan is no plan. I can plan so I can make certain contracts, certain goals, certain prophets but if you yield to this wisdom it's going to give you more that's what it says silver means money it's going to give you more she is far more profitable profit means you gain more than the silver and yields better return than gold how clear is it but you, how often do we just want to get that contract that gives you more? You think that we're going to give you a more, uh, more, more uh, income. And then this is what it says. Verse 15. She is more precious than rubies. Same phrase. You have to love Bible. You know, it's use of the same phrase here and there. Just make that emphasis, make that very clear. So you may say, like, well, a woman of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than what does that mean? Well, says in way many chapters before, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Ruby isn't just referring to that, the ruby looking at the stone. It, this means just a jewelry, because he already talked about silver and the gold. And they're saying, saying that wisdom is far more precious than any jewelry they can find on earth. So get that instead. Yeah, you can put all this nice jewelry in, in your neck and arms and neck and ankles or whatever you want to do, you know. But you should. That's okay. I'm not denying you. You can do that. But wear the jewelry of wisdom on your neck. That's what this is really saying. And it says nothing you desire can compare with her. If you really understand this, instead of uh, goals or, or seeking just business, but if you really seek the life of people, the wisdom is so great. 
And when you do that, verse 16 of Proverbs chapter 3 says, long life is in her right hand. In her left hands are riches and honor. And that's what we try to do, promotion and whatever it is. We all want recognition. But the point is, you don't need to strive to, to get that recognition. You get the recognition through others, through Christ, through God. It's going to give you that recognition, the riches and honor. Her ways, which way? Her ways, whose way? Jesus' way. Wisdom way are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. Just think about it. Reflect on that. Is your life at peace? Or am I always getting into confrontations with the people? If you begin to think about, not about the business. When you think about business, you think about my private. I didn't like the way he or she said. You begin to think about their issues in business. But if you're, th- if you're more interested in the life of that person, you're above that. You're beyond that. Then you begin to think about your path. Everywhere you go, you are peacemaker. Who's peacemaker? Jesus is our peacemaker. She is a tree of life. Who's tree of life? Wisdom? Yes. Jesus is tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. You'll be, you'll be found favor, favor. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. What it means is to live a life where your husband has full confidence in you. Live a life where your wife has full confidence in you. Live a life where your friends have full confidence in you. Live a life where your boss have a full confidence in you. Live a life where your employees, your friends have full confidence in you. And live a life where your client has full confidence in you. And this is what I teach to my employees. I drill in them. Live a life where people around you have full confidence in you. So we basically ask them to just, just re- replace the whole husband with client, for example. Her client has full confidence in you. That's going to shape you. That's going to change you. Oh, my client has full confidence in me. That means when you go to a meeting, I wanna, we're going to be talking about this. I want to make sure I am prepared. Live a life where you're... France has full confidence in you. That's a purpose. That's a mission. They can shape you. And your friends will be pleased and God will be pleased. And just going back to the verse 10 briefly, the Bible says that the wife of noble character often uh, when we read this Bible verse and say, well, it says clearly it's a wife, so it's, uh, it's a woman, so really this thing just applies to, to woman only, but not so. If you really think about what wisdom represents, what she represents, she is wisdom, wisdom is Jesus himself. 
And Jesus is who? Jesus is our husband or bride or groom. And we are our bride. But we are married to him. Once you say, I proclaim Jesus, my personal savior, you're just married to him. That makes him husband, and that makes you wife. That makes all of us wife. You can't just look at the one word, oh, it's just wife, it's for girls. I wish there was another one for men. No, no, no. It's for all, for all of us. This is for all of us. Live a life where you have a full confidence. Yesterday, I wasn't helping out my, with the home gardening, and, um, but we had to do the spring gardening, you know, mulching and pulling out the, the weeds from last fall and putting the mulch over. And uh, I um, had to do some uh, premarital session and prepare some message. And besides, uh, last year, about this time, I tried to uh, do the mulching myself with the Janice and the family, and I just felt a little tightness in my heart. So uh, this year, it's better that I don't push myself. So I, I wasn't helping out. So uh, Janice asked uh, Christina to find some good, hardworking kids. So she brought uh, a family uh, that had a, a 12-year-old girl. Um, one was uh, middle school and then high school. And um, Janice was so like satisfied with the three kids. They came and worked from uh, mid-morning to like until, the, until uh, dusk, eight, nine hours straight, never complaining not really sitting down, just constantly just working. Even that 12-year-old little girl just constantly, she was so just amazed. She would call me, you don't believe this, this amazing kids. And I said, well, that kind of reminds me of me like when I was 12 years old, I kind of worked like that. <laughs> and I just wanted, I wanted to see this kid so bad. So when there was dinner time, and I went over home and just uh, had a chance to meet, meet with them. Even when they were young, they were living a life where they've been demonstrating to us with a full confidence. So I told her we should have a contract for them to come next year. Give them plenty of money so they want to come back. You know? And it's, uh, that's how the life works. You know, that's how like, if you give full confidence in people, they, people want you back and the word spreads. Word spreads. And that's uh, maybe the next year year later, they may not get the contract for the uh, gardening, but they may get a contract for something else. If that 12-year-old girl is really great in writing, and a 13, 14-year-old, hey, can you do some writing for me? That's how it works. And then the 12-year-old becomes 14, becomes 18, hey, can you manage this for me? And she becomes 35, something like that, can you run for the senator or public officer? So that's the way it works. You don't become what you want to become because you want to become. Your success depends on people around you. Your success depends on people around you. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of our life. We talked about that. How often... Do you uh, hire uh, auto mechanic? Is there an auto mechanic here? 
good, I can mention a bit. How often do you hire a carpenter for some small housework? I've done, hired some, and I found at least half of them, they give me more headache even though I'm paying them. I don't know how this thing works. Why are they giving me a problem, a headache, when I'm paying them? But the Bible says she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Why would she, why would she bring him good, not harm, all the days of life? Because your life is my business. Yeah, I'm not making enough profit out of this. But I'm more interested in your life. You look beyond. You look beyond. You're going to lose. When I, in, even in business, there's called a loss lead. In the first, you don't make as much money. In fact, you have to put some money on your, with, with, from your own pocket. But if you gain the full confidence, and if you're truly interested in that person's life, and the other client, the other work, they know. They know. And they'll come back to you. They come back to, and that's when they're willing to pay a little more. Because they value the trust. They value the confidence. They value the good work. And these two or three little kids, they came yesterday, the next year, they says, oh, uh, I'd like to come, but can you give me extra 10% more? Of course I'll give them 10% more. I don't want to try somebody new. They're already proven. They're already proven. In fact, I'll give them 20% more. Verse 15, she gets up while it is still dark. She gets up while it is still dark. That's how time you have to get up if you want to be recognized. I don't get up that early these days because I work really late. But I, have different, but, uh, I learned this from my boss uh, from Free's company and when he joined me uh, with the start of my company. And uh, he's about 20 years older than me. And uh, he's the boss, senior vice president of company. He comes to the office around like 7 o'clock. You know, young people like me at that time, 20-something, and like 7 o'clock is like 4 o'clock to him, you know. And when you walk in around 8 o'clock or so, there's coffees already ready and lights already turned on. And I don't do anything, just pour the coffee and, that he already made. It's just day after day after day. And my father, uh, when we were uh, doing janitorial work at a big, huge uh, building in Upper Derby when I was like 14, 15 years old, and uh, we were just you know, cleaning, and, and uh, my father was studying uh, in the seminary, and he needed to, to make ends meet, and uh, because he didn't have enough time, so he would ask me to come do some collecting uh, trash for every floor, and uh, helping with the sweeping the floor, uh, and he would do some other things. So instead of, you know, by me helping him, his total hours that he would spend on the building, uh, instead of eight hours, reduced down to four hours, so he had that additional four hours that he could study. And because this is a newspaper uh, editing company, this guy's working until like midnight. So we actually we were actually there around 10 o'clock and working until the, throughout the 
throughout the day. So I worked four hours until about noon, uh, midnight to something one o'clock, then actually was sleep in the couch of, the, of that building. And around uh, uh, seven o'clock, we get up and uh, we have to turn the lights on. And my father has to turn the furnace on. This is the one they use oil. I mean, you, it's, it's not automatic in those days. You have to go clean this furnace and scrape off this, uh, this gooey stuff from the furnace machine and you know, reignite, restart the, uh, so he had to do all that. Then I get up, and the one day he said to me, like, son, have you noticed anything? He's like, what? He says, look at all these people coming in like 6.30, 7 o'clock. Yeah, all the people. Do you know who they are? He says, no. They're all the bosses of this company. You see this, we wait about a half an hour, an hour later, then you have all these secretaries come in. He said, like, this team is so biblical. So it really hit me. At that time, it was when I was young. So my father knew something about the difference in the because he was sensible because he noticed it because in Asia it was not like that. It's just the opposite. All these, uh, you know, low income uh, people will come early. They do all this cleaning. I mean, preparing the things like that. And the boss comes out nine o'clock or ten o'clock, and they get served. And that's what he's used to. And come to this country, which is a Christian country, and uh, based on Christianity. Uh, values, and he says this, he noticed it immediately. And that, what, that, this is very biblical. And my boss was doing exactly the same thing. So like in my company, when we started out, and he later on joined, and it was like, he and I are always the first one to show up at the work. But we enjoyed that time. Now he's not long, he retired six, seven years ago, and uh, I'm kind of a little lax on that. I need to get back to it, but I do stay late. The reason I stay late is because I want to take care of my guys who are working until long, long, long hours. I have lots of engineers and designers are working until 9, 10 o'clock sometimes. I want to make sure I'm with them, just give them a sense of comfort. They won't leave them behind. So I'm usually there. Sometimes I provide them with a meal so they don't feel they're left out, that they're the only one working hard. She gets up while it is still dark. That means in summertime, she's getting up like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Wintertime, you can sleep in a little more. And then she says she provides food for her family. Just about every boss would do that. Every company owner, any, any uh, leaders of a company would do that. You provide food for her family. But that's, there's no period there. It says, and portions for her servant girls. And I looked at this, and this is amazing. This is so amazing. That, that several thousands of years ago, when this was written, even during that period of time, the servant, so the, even whether you want to call it a servant or even slave or exist in those days, they would actually take care of them. It was like shocking. We used to think that servants, employees, we own them. So you give you, you know, $10 an hour, that's it. But it says, take care of your servant girls. Like, take care of your employees. That was really shocking to me. So I kind of begin to reflect on it. So our company, the way we do it, we make money. We try to share as much as we can with other people in the company as well. Because we're trying to uh, go with what's in the Bible. If you look at all these things, up to chapter uh, from verse 10, verse 15, 
just reflect on what is overarching, you know, mission or, or, or a theme behind it. It's two love commands, particularly when dealing with the people, it's number two. Love your neighbors as yourself. Love your employees as yourself. Love your servant girls as yourself. Love your co-workers as yourself. Thus, instead of your business is my life, we can say your life is my business. I want to end uh, here and we'll continue another five, another five, until we finish chapter 31. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much.